Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Millions of Americans live with type 2 diabetes, and the number of people affected by type 2 diabetes continues to grow. Although lifestyle choices are important to reduce the risk and to manage the disease, much is still not known about how type 2 diabetes develops. Rachel Foster is one of our advocates on type2diabetes.com, where she shares her experiences to help others and break down the stigmas associated with the disease. Tell me about your diagnosis. I was diagnosed when I, right before my 29th birthday, about 13 years ago, I had recently been diagnosed with uh, hypothyroidism, which had caused a lot of fatigue and weight gain um, due to the processes that happen in the body with low thyroid hormone. So that was part of it. And then some of my other lifestyle, especially with food choices, weren't the greatest. And I hadn't really learned how to eat as an adult versus a college student. So I would, I have genetics on my side or not on my side, <laughs> depending on how you put it. Um, both my father's side and my mother's side type 2 diabetes throughout with some heart disease as well. So it was more of a surprise that I was 29 and being diagnosed than it was that I was actually being diagnosed. Uh, yeah, it seems very young. To, I mean, the, mm-hmm. It seems yeah. like most people with, with type 2 diabetes get diagnosed later in life. Right. And I had seen that more with even my mom's sister and my father were diagnosed in their 60s. So right around the same time that I was diagnosed. So that wasn't even more kind of the shocking piece of it. Yeah, totally different stage of life. Yes. Wow. How is your daily life affected by having type 2 diabetes? Generally, it is more of background noise for me, although I'm... I try to check my blood sugar three times a day, um, especially if I'm doing a heavy exercise schedule, which was the case in the summer. As it goes into winter, it's not as much. But I'm always constantly carb counting and just making sure that I'm eating well. Otherwise, I'm just taking metformin twice a day. Uh, with breakfast and dinner, and it's just looking at the trends with my blood sugar on a monthly basis. And then when I go to the doctor for lab work two or three times a year, checking that A1C to make sure that things are going okay. And how does stress affect your blood sugar? It depends on the stress. I can either end up having situations where my blood sugar goes super high. Um, And for me, super high might be a different 
definition than other people, but anything that is out of my absolute high range, um, I know that I'm probably either stressed out or I ate something with too many carbohydrates. But sometimes with stress, especially if I'm to the point where I have two levels of stress, basically, where the first level is I tend to eat a lot more than I should. Um, And then that next level of stress is I'm so stressed out, I'm not eating as much Mm. and or I may not have an appetite. And so because I likely had an issue with reactive hyper or hypoglycemia earlier in life, I do have a tendency to dip into uh, borderline low blood sugar as well. And so when I'm not eating as much, that tends to happen then too. So it can go either way for me. Mm. That sounds really tricky. I mean, it's yes. it's hard for all of us to maintain balance. We People talk about balance all the time, mm-hmm. work-life balance and managing your stress. And you've got this extra complication of if you tip too yeah. far one way, it's hypoglycemia, and too, too far the other way, it's hyperglycemia. And luckily, um, at this point in my diabetes care. I'm not on any medication or on insulin that would cause possibly more extreme, um, especially in hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. But for the higher side, it's still a challenge, especially if I know that I'm to that point where I'm stressed out where I'm just eating more than I should. I know what I'm doing consciously, but I'm doing it anyways. I can, I know that I do that as well when I'm really stressed. And it's like, I think it's a very common self-soothing technique that we use food to comfort ourselves. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Let's talk about the stigma around type 2 diabetes. How has that affected you? At the time of my diagnosis, again, going back to some of the thyroid issues I was having and the fact that I knew I wasn't eating that great to begin with, um, my weight was quite a bit more than I am at right now. And especially with being diagnosed at 29 with type 2 diabetes, um, there is such a stigma about it being a lifestyle disease Uh, and without emphasis on the genetics of the disease and whether those genetics could play into some of the issues that would lead to considering weight gain and other aspects of just what would be considered lifestyle issues. And the genetic component is understated. And while it hasn't quite been proven yet, there may be even autoimmune components at work, at least in some subsets of type 2 diabetes. I keep up with the research and everything. So there's the stigma from the general population about what type 
to people with type 2 diabetes look like. And then there's stigma from people with who may be parents of or who have type 1 diabetes who want to differentiate that condition from type 2 diabetes, even though there's a lot of similarities between the two conditions. Mm-hmm. And that's because we use the same blood glucose monitors. We use the same types of insulin when we get to that point. Um, there's a lot of similarities that just because type 1 diabetes is definitely autoimmune and then type 2 diabetes has a lot of unknowns, I feel like, and genetic components and possibly a different autoimmune mechanism. There's that stigma as well. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's almost as if people feel like because it's known as a lifestyle condition that people have have brought this on themselves. Right. It it can feel a lot of it can lead to some feeling of losing some hope that there's a way out. Mm. Um, I know that sometimes when because there is burnout involved in type 2 diabetes care over time and a lot of it can get tied back to that feeling of well I just did this to myself I can work as hard as I can to get myself out of it but at the end of the day when I go through these periods of burnout I'm just doing it to myself again and it can be really difficult and just Sometimes I feel so guilty about what I'm eating or if I don't exercise on a regular basis, it can lead to those feelings of what am I doing to myself when pretty much everyone goes through periods where they might not be exercising Mm -hmm. to the extent that they do most of the time, but it just makes that much harder for someone like me who can feel that guilt. What do you wish other people understood about type 2 diabetes? The way I try to live now is the way that I think pretty much everyone should try to live their life in watching what they eat, um, eating balanced meals, um, keeping good portions of all the nutrients out there, um, good equal portions of protein, carbohydrates, and fats, um, and then just incorporating physical exercise when able to do so. Uh, I'm trying to live my best life as much as possible. I trained for a 10K run this summer, and I'm trying to do as much physically as I can now, knowing that maybe in 10 years or 20 years, I might not have that opportunity to keep going like I am now. 
and being able to show myself that I can remain physically active and actually be much more physically active than I was as a teenager and in my early 20s. I'm doing things that I never thought I could do physically and I just want to push myself until I absolutely can't do some of the things that I'm doing now. So if someone listening to this has a friend or family member who has diabetes, what advice would you give them on how they can best be supportive? The best thing to do is ask the person that you love or care about how, what kind of treatment they may be on with their doctor and what they've been recommended and try to follow from there. Some people with diabetes, especially when they're first diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, they are definitely on a new path of life where things may be a little more strict than further on down the road, and they may be struggling with trying to follow that strictness. It Depending on how things go with them, they may be able to loosen up on that. But just just understanding that it is a life-changing diagnosis for that person and that they may want to just be there for them rather than make suggestions. There's a lot of myths about certain foods should just be completely wiped from the diet of a person with type 2 diabetes and that may not necessarily be the case and it really depends on the treatment that the person that they care about is on as well there may be circumstances where yes they want to be strict it's up to that person I know everybody is different though that's the thing to remember I think most of all is that I know for me, I lived with this long enough that I can't stay strict on a certain number of carbs per day. I can't expect myself to be able to exercise to the same level year round, especially in winter. And things may change over time. Certain things may get easier and certain things may get harder. And we're just all individuals and telling somebody they shouldn't eat something and telling somebody that they're worried about them can be less, not as helpful. It's great that there's worry, but more of going in the direction of how can I help you best? what would help you and what would not help you. Um, so what has it been like to be a part of type2diabetes.com? It, it's been great to get my writing voice out there again. I did a lot years ago, and I'm glad that I can share my story. 
again, um, especially with more knowledge, because I did go through a period of time, um, probably from middle of 2015 to early 2017, where my blood sugar control was not as good as it had been, and it was harder and to maintain despite the fact that I was exercising, despite the fact that I was eating pretty well, I just, there was a lot going on in my personal life that was impacting things and my control wasn't as great. And that was at the 10 year mark where they say, you know, that's about the time that things start progressing and you might need a little more help besides diet, exercise and metformin and to help anyone through that. If I can reach one person with one um, article, that would be great. Um, Who might be feeling that same push towards a different treatment path. I did go on um, an additional medication for a short time to kind of kickstart things again. And it worked really well for me. And I'm actually considering going back on it in the near future because I did feel like it was a lot easier to maintain good blood sugar on it. Mm -hmm. And I hope that if that is the case, that I'm able to tell that story of, okay, here's me admitting that, hey, I need this again. Yeah. What what has having type 2 diabetes taught you about yourself? It has taught me that I can, most of the time, balance the needs of a chronic condition as I live with a couple other chronic conditions that aren't as invasive in my daily life and just being able to balance that out with the demands of work and my family life and my personal life that I can do it most of the time. Um, And when I can't, I ask for help. And that's something that I have always struggled with is asking for help. Usually that's making sure that I'm keeping in touch with my doctor, that I'm being honest about keeping those lines of communication open and where and being honest about where I'm struggling. And then another piece of it is just learning, just reiterating, learning that there are things that I never thought I could do that I'm able to do. Mm-hmm. And some of it even comes from being able to advocate on behalf of people with diabetes especially type 2 diabetes, and be able to explain the differences between type 1 and type 2 and explain my story with being an earlier diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. I'd like to thank Rachel Foster for sharing her story with me. To read Rachel's articles and join the conversation, visit type2diabetes.com. You can find more health communities at health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With.
If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, or Blueberry.